Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the campfire. The only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction. In exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Born Beach. He called this experience. My town sits in the shadow of a military research facility. Whatever you do, don't trust the lights in the dark. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. It started last week. The lockdown, I mean. Before that, things weren't great, but they weren't awful. We weren't the happiest place on earth, but we weren't jumping off bridges either. We just were. We managed, is what I'm trying to say. Now years of impoverished alcoholism have reared their head. The lockdown's done its job. It's kept us safe from the devil outside our walls. But sometimes it's the devil inside that does the most harm. Sometimes it's the thinking. The thinking, thinking, thinking. That's what does you in. My town's main industry has been on the decline for decades. These days most of us are on food stamps. We can't afford to live here anymore but can't afford to move either. Catch 22. A few years back the government opened up a compound on the hill. A research facility for military types and the super geniuses you see on TV. A few weeks later, they announced the town would enter lockdown. Something about a radiation leak. Something about acid rain. Since it started, there's been one dead and nine missing. How'd the dead guy go? If you're wondering, it wasn't the radiation. It was self-loathing. They found Benny West near the woods with a smoking handgun beside what was left of his head. And a suicide note so wet with blood that nobody could read the damn thing. Famous last words. We never knew them. But then, I don't think any of us really needed to. You could still smell the booze on Benny's breath. Could still see decades of struggle etched into every line of his face. As for the missing, they're a tougher puzzle. Nobody's found them. Nobody's had any contact with them whatsoever. Not a text. Not a call. Not even a dusty email. It's odd, but maybe they just had enough. Couldn't take this place anymore. And finally decided the lockdown was the worst of it. What's the phrase? The last straw. Yeah. That's what the lockdown was for them. The last straw. Since it all started, I've been going stir-crazy. Being cooped inside with nothing to do but drink and watch TV will do that to a man. I think that's why I did it, you know. Took a midnight stroll. 
Loneliness is a strange beast, and it doesn't pick and choose its time of day. But if I had to place it, I'd say it always gets worse at night. There's something about the dark that suffocates, makes you feel vulnerable, singled out. So I went to her cabin. My old high school sweetheart, Vanny Williams, the only girl I've ever met that could shoot a target with her eyes closed and still hit a bullseye. The girl I called the love of my life, who left me after nine years because I couldn't wake up in the morning without a shot of whiskey. That night, I needed her. Maybe I wanted to make amends, or maybe I just wanted somebody familiar. Somebody warm with who I could feel a sense of connection. I don't know. All I really knew was I couldn't last another night alone in my cabin. Not with the whiskey. Not with the .45. So I set off. The government was taking the lockdown seriously. One of my neighbors, Roger Huckbreak, got a lashing from the sheriff for wandering around drunk after dark. They knocked out three of his teeth and told him next time they'd break his legs. No wandering at night, they told him. Otherwise, those broken legs will be a mercy, rock. I had a thing for my legs. I liked walking, I liked kicking a ball, and most of all I liked hitting the gas pedal of my truck. I didn't want broken legs, so I stayed off the main roads and stuck to the logging roads. Hell, I didn't even drive. Too conspicuous, I figured. So I set those legs to work and took a walk. To the right of me was the hillside, all brush, and boulders with the military facility up top, and to my left was the valley, Charmouth Forest. On the other side of those trees was Vanny Williams, but walking straight through them was a death trap. See, that night it wasn't just dark, it was snowing, and where there was snow there was ice, and I didn't want to risk a sprained ankle going down that valley slope. Not without cell service. Not when the weather called for a cold snap tonight. So I kept to the side of the road with my eyes and ears on. And as I walked, something caught my attention. It was above me, all the way up on the top of the hill, nestled near the military facility. Headlights. There wasn't a doubt in my mind that those lights belonged to the sheriff. Hold up there in his SUV and looking for cars on the roads breaking curfew. Too bad for him that I was smarter than that. I didn't just leave my truck at home. I made sure to wear my black jacket and keep close to the tree line. There wasn't a chance in hell he was spotting me down here. Even still, his presence made my skin crawl. There's something uncomfortable about being watched. And even though I knew the sheriff couldn't see me, it still felt tense to be breaking the law right under his nose. I decided I ought to disappear just until I got myself firmly away from his field of view. So I slipped into the woods, keeping certain not to stray too far from the road, just far enough that I lost sight of the sheriff beyond the canopy of fir trees. I walked like that for maybe five or ten minutes, kept it up until I rounded the bend in the road, and then I poked my head out and breathed a sigh of relief. The headlights were nowhere to be seen. The sheriff either took off, or I put enough twists and turns between us that the trees were now obscuring his view. Maybe he just figured nobody would break curfew on a night this cold. Either way, it was good news for me. I hiked back up to the road and then froze. Again, I felt that familiar, uncomfortable sensation of being watched like somebody was stalking me in the dark. I looked back up the hill, wondering if I'd missed the sheriff somehow, but the light blinded me. I stumbled backward, slipping on a patch of ice and falling onto my ass. Ahead, near the curve in the road sat a pair of headlights. The sheriff. But how? The son of a bitch must have been scanning the road with binoculars. 
Maybe some fancy night vision ones borrowed from the military types. I groaned, getting up to my feet. He was still a fair distance away, far enough that he probably couldn't make out my face through my toque and hood. That meant I could still get away. I shot off into the woods, slipping down the valley slope and sliding over dirt and leaves and freshly fallen snow. I jumped and dipped, doing the best I could to dodge the onslaught of stray branches and renegade roots. I kept at it until my lungs got hot and I needed to breathe. Then I kept at it some more until I reached the valley floor. Breathing hard, I looked back at the top of the slope. If I thought it was dark up on the road, then down here it was practically pitch black. It was all I could do to see the ground directly in front of me. But despite it all, I knew one thing for certain. There weren't any headlights. I took a moment to lean up against a tree, catch my breath, get my bearings. I had to figure out which direction Vanny's house was in. Was it to the north, northeast? The cold nipped at my ears, bit at my nose. It was worse down here. Frigid, the damned sheriff really made a mess of things. My hands dug in my pocket and pulled out my flashlight. I'd brought it along just in case things got too dark to navigate. And boy was I happy I did. Since I couldn't see the sheriff's headlights through the canopy of trees, I knew there was no way he'd see the glow of my flashlight either. I flicked it on. Good, that was better. Shivering, I used the light to navigate as best I could spotting familiar landmarks that I remembered from playing in the valley as a kid and using those to plot my course. A big boulder here, a broken tree there. It was all coming back to me. With any luck, I'd make it out of here before frostbite set in. And I'd get to Vanny's with all my fingers and toes intact. She'd like that. Probably call me a damn fool for going to such trouble for a cup of coffee with her. But then I never said I was a genius. Something snapped behind me. A tree branch, maybe. It sounded big. I paused, wheeling around and casting my light as far as it would go. I couldn't see anything but the shadow of tree trunks and freshly fallen snow. I knew for a fact that there were bears in those woods. But surely they'd be hibernating by this time of year. Hello, I whispered. I didn't think the sheriff had the dexterity to chase me down here on foot. But he might have sent his partner after me. Deputy Marigold. No reply. Come to think of it, I couldn't hear any sound at all. Not the pitter-patter of squirrels hoarding winter food, or even the flap of wings flying through the trees. The forest was silent. Still, another snap. This time, bigger. It rang out like a gunshot and I scrambled, running blindly backward as my ears filled with the sound of rushing branches. Ricocheting off timber as something plummeted toward the earth. A tree. A fir branch whipped across the back of my jacket smashing me to the ground and taking the breath out of my lungs. The ground rumbled as the tree crashed next to me. I wheezed, gasped for breath. I rose onto my hands on knees, freeing myself from the branch and trembling with adrenaline. I'd nearly just been flattened, and I couldn't even tell where the tree had fallen from or what caused it. The dark was thick enough that my light didn't stretch far. No, I told myself. No time to go investigating. I wiped snow from my face, teeth chattering. I had to keep moving. Just a little further and I'd be out of these woods and in front of a hot fireplace. Making coffee with the warmest woman I knew. Besides, it wasn't that big a deal. Sometimes trees fell. That's just how nature worked. It wasn't something you could predict. I carried on for another few minutes when my stomach twisted. There it was again. That feeling. The same one I'd had up on the road. 
that feeling of being watched. Stalked, I swung my light around, doing my best to illuminate the snow-covered trees and brush. But I could barely see ten feet in front of me. Hello, I tried again. No reply. If there was a deputy down here, then surely they'd have made a sound when that tree came down. Right. Of course, they would. He'd have had to ask if I was okay if I was still alive if only to properly fill out his report back at the station. That meant it was my imagination. Just a bit of paranoia. They say a dark forest is the ultimate evolutionary fear. The perfect embodiment of the unknown. Our ancestors didn't roam the woods at night because just about everything that lived there could see or hear them before they knew they were there. Some of those things were bigger than them, too. Hungrier. But I wasn't some Neanderthal hunter-gatherer. I was smarter than that, and besides, I could finally see the other end of the valley. The slope that led to Vanny's cabin. The lights of her windows peeked through the trees. A low groan filled the night, distorted like a scratching record. I spun around. My ears strained for the sound of footsteps. The sound of breathing, but I couldn't hear a damn thing but my heart slamming in my chest. Was that the sound of an animal? If it was, it wasn't any animal I'd ever heard and I'd lived next to these woods my whole life. Is somebody out there? I called. An awful feeling took hold in my gut, replacing the creeping sensation of being watched. Now I felt like I was being hunted. Fuck this, I muttered. I took off at a sprint, racing toward Vanny's house as fast as my feet could trample the snow. It crunched beneath my boots, my breath coming in great white clouds. If there was some psychopath in the trees, then I wasn't about to wait around and make this easy for them. A screech pierced the forest. Wings thundered as birds fled from the treetops in droves, filling my ears with their cries. Another screech followed, this one lower pitched. Snow crunched beneath feet. Not mine. Something was walking toward me. Time to move. I scrambled at the slope, struggling to find purchase against the icy incline. I slipped, fell, falling. My jaw smashed into a rock. The taste of blood filled my mouth my vision swimming as I tumbled down the side of the valley, crashing against a tree at the bottom. Get away from me. I coughed, spitting out one of my teeth. I felt dizzy as I got back to my feet, disoriented. But I held my ground, staring defiantly into the dark wall of trees and my unseen assailant. I'm armed. I lied if I were you. I'd turn right around and start walking. Otherwise, you're getting my point four five between the eyes. Footsteps crunched beyond my vision. Whatever was out there sounded big, big as a bear or a moose. Now it was circling me. Was this what had knocked over that tree? Had it been following me this whole time? Another screech, this one deafening. My head rang with the sound of it, reverberating around my skull like an exploding nail bomb. I clenched my ears and fell to my knees. Tears stained my cheeks, freezing in the air. The light blinded me. I shielded my eyes, stunned and disoriented as two headlights beamed down at me not ten feet away. I scrambled backward, confused. The sheriff. The hell was he doing down here? How did he get his SUV down that incline, let alone through all those trees? The headlights began to sway, moving closer to me. No, that wasn't right. Headlights weren't supposed to sway, and wheels weren't supposed to sound like footsteps either. The crunch of the snow was like a bell tolling each step marking me a moment closer to death. What are you? I screamed, emptiness filling me up inside. Suddenly I felt weak, hopeless. It was as though just being near this thing was killing my will to live. If I had my .45 with me, 
I'd have pressed it to my skull and pulled the trigger as many times as it took. A headlights reached out. A long, twisted and gnarled arm that looked like it ought to have belonged to a tree grabbed me by my torso, snapping my ribs like twigs. I threw back my head and screamed. A voice reached my ears, something deep and cold, colder than winter. It sounded familiar. It sounded like it lived at the bottom of every whiskey bottle I'd ever drunk. Like the whispers in my head every time I'd fucked up. Every time I'd made a mistake so bad I wished I was dead. I, said the voice, want to taste your misery. This is the part where I tell you I managed to get away. That I kicked the creature in its giant, glowing eyes and made a beeline up the slope and never saw it again. I wish I could say that was the truth. I really do. But the truth is much worse. The truth is that Vanny Williams saved my life that night. Maybe she heard my screams. Maybe she just had a feeling that something wasn't right. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. That somebody was in trouble. Honestly, I don't even know if she knew it was me. Vanny was the sort of girl that'd go out of her way to help anybody. She came out of her cabin and did what she did best, hunted. She rained bullets onto those headlights, distracting them, pissing them off enough that they let me be, and ran off, ran to her, six bullets to its head, and still it climbed the slope of the valley like an anthill. Six bullets to its head, and still it took her screaming into the trees. Now she's another statistic, one of the missing. The sheriff's calling me crazy for what I saw. Telling everybody that I'm a drunken vanny just had enough and skipped town like the rest. I know what I saw, though, and I think the folks at the military facility know too. The feeling I had beneath the glare of those headlights was like nothing I'd felt before. The hopelessness that's difficult to put into words. Simply put, I'd have taken death over another second of it. Even if that death came by my own hand. Ever since that happened, the military's been watching me. They've been driving by my house from sunrise to sunset. And more than once I've spotted somebody going through my trash. I've tried reaching out to news organizations, but nobody wants to run my story. That's why I'm leaving it here. It's the best I can do, and maybe one of you can help me before things escalate. Even now, in the dead of night, they're out there. Maybe they don't think I'm awake, or maybe they've just given up all pretense of keeping a low profile. I don't know. All I know is I can see them through the crack in my blinds, waiting patiently in my driveway. Two headlights in the dark. Now, that was the end of my tale.
I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.